from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. This is Tim, and this is the Masonic Light Podcast. God, you scared the hell out of me. Sorry about that. Episode number 157. Do it. Do it. 157. There it is. That's a lot. (laughs) Tonight's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, George J. Grovenson, Hireman Solomon Cigars, Scott Helm Electric, Masonic Timepiece, and Intermezzo by Stephanie. Huzzah. Yeah. As well as our fantastic Patreon supporters. Yay for them. You too can be a Patreon supporter for as little as one dollar a one month. Damn do- one dollar. Just a dollar. One. Just, Just a one. Dollar. You can't even get a cup of coffee for a dollar. Just a dollar. And you get this. That's right. It's amazing. Go to patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. And a bargain you can at twice it. the price. Man, I'm telling you. You can also email us at any time. At MasonicLightPodcast at gmail.com. Will we? Will anybody actually read that? We time? will now. Um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Masonic Light Podcast. On Twitter at Masonic Light. Ah, geez. And, of course, our website, which is MasonicLight.com. Tonight in studio, we have Larry, we have Josh, and we have Jack. Yeah. And we're also joined by our guest tonight. Doug Maidenford. Thanks. It's about time you guys said my name well, right. How many years I, have I been helping Maddenford, out here? See, Maddenford. <laughs> it's because we didn't let Larry introduce you. It's tonight. like maiden form, except right. Maidenford. Maidenford. Just one letter. It's That's easy. It. So uh, Doug is the host. <laughs> never of, heard that before, did you? No, no never. not at all. No, no. No. Doug's front porch and also the voice behind our regular bit on this show of Dutchy Doug. So we're going to look forward to having some time with all of those brethren uh, throughout the show. <laughs> schizophrenic characters. That's <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, Doug, welcome back. It's good to have you. It is a pleasure, as always, to be in lovely downtown beautiful Ephrata. 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 Yeah. All right, Larry, what have you been up to Masonically the last couple of weeks? Breakfast. <sighs> Breakfast. Uh, Goose and grit. Let me get my radio voice on here. <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, goose and gridiron breakfast. Um, let's see. A lot of tall cedar stuff again, which I'll talk about at the closing of the show because of the stuff going on. That's about it. Okay. Jack. That was easy. Well, I missed last week's recording, or last session's yes, recording. Yes, you did. Because I was speaking at Lodge 43, and that... That was very well-received. I want to just reach out and congratulate Lodge 43. The work was phenomenal. The the officers were spot on. The audience was humongous. And it just was really – it was a nice night. I always love to attend a lodge where, you know, the the work is 
is well done. And they did a great job. So congratulations to um, everybody at Lodge 43. And then I went from the sublime to the ridiculous, and we went out to Steffi's Neverland Ranch oh. for Ubar Grotto. Yeah, how was uh, that? Where uh, shenanigans were had by all. Okay. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Nope, that's it. Okay. Or maybe something. I don't know. You'll remind me of whatever I'm it was. I'm sure we'll come up with something. Then I'll butt in. and It's really <laughs> annoying. So, Doug, how about you? What have you been up to Masonically recently? Uh, last week at State College Lodge 700, we raised a brand new Master Mason. It was a really nice degree. Um, well, the, the work was done really well, and the candidate who became our new Master Mason was super excited, both going into the degree and even more excited after the degree. Isn't it great? It was really fun. When, I love that. Uh, there's cool. a certain part in the degree when... I looked at him, and he looked back at me, and the smile, and and you know everything was starting to come together, and it mm-hmm. was it was a really cool, cool experience that night. And then last weekend, I got the opportunity to travel out to Seven Springs Resort for the 170th annual conclave of the Grand Commandery of Knights Templar of Pennsylvania, and I sat with my good friend and a friend of the show, Alan Moyer. We had some laughs together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I do want to give a shout out to uh, Mark Mar- uh, Mark Mattern, who is also a friend of the show, the grand uh, recorder. He did an excellent job putting the conclave together. It was really well run. And congratulations to Sir Knight Harry J. Smith, who went out as right eminent grand commander. He did a wonderful job as well. It was a really nice conclave. Really well done. Very nice. Great. I think they're moving boxes upstairs. It does happen, but I, it doesn't seem to come through on the record. Okay. I don't know. Good. But. All right. Josh. Uh, the only thing I did was uh, I showed up to the Millersville Lodge chicken barbecue. Oh, nice. I was, How I was many tickets for, did you have? I didn't have any tickets, uh, but if I had two tickets, I would certainly <laughs> give them for a half, for the for half, a half order. Yeah, <laughs> two tickets. <laughs> they, had, they had a good turnout, from what I understand, right? Uh, I think so. I left before the chicken actually came off the grill, so oh, okay. that's never okay. a good idea. Yeah, I was there for you know a good two hours, but I think the chicken I think wasn't. I was told they only had twenty-five or thirty chicken halves left, so that oh, was good. A, that was a good sale. Good, excellent. Yeah. What about you, Tim? What have you been up to oh. since we last met? Oh, I God, wait for this. The Big Valley of Harrisburg's <laughs> officer installation. No way. I've moved up to junior something in the Lodge of I get to sit on stage now. Nice. Yeah, I saw your picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I was also uh, initiated into Aaron Council of Night Masons, oh. which is a really cool organization. Yeah. You in that? Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Yes, I am. All right. Are you in the one in Mechanicsburg? Yes, I am. All right. Well, I missed you at my initiation That's because I wasn't there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool uh, degree or degrees, and uh, yeah, that's that was a neat experience. Uh, district three held a past masters dinner. Uh, we get together all the past masters in the district, and it's always fun to get to see past masters that went through the line when you did and. We get together for a night. The dinner and program is always relatively brief, uh, but the fellowship that follows continues on into the night. So uh, that's always a fun night. And then, of course, 
this past weekend, the Big Valley of Harrisburg's reunion, um, we initiated 27 new candidates, nice. which was really cool. Um, Is that I the biggest class in a while? It's, I think so, in a couple of years, since yeah. probably since the pandemic. Um, That's good. And I know a lot of, lot, lot of uh, jurisdictions in Scottish Rite are uh, striving to get that Valley of Excellence Award. Uh, quite a few got it last year, but once you get it, the bar gets higher, so it becomes more challenging. And I think the Big Valley just got it with the last reunion, which is cool. But there's a couple of other goals that they're striving for. So, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, 350 in attendance, which I thought wow, was really cool. Great. Um, and lots of lots of good fellowship too. So that's about it. Did you do the opening? <laughs> Welcome to the show, Larry. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, there, Cornbread. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and uh, let Larry, Larry eat breakfast, and uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh, my word. I didn't remember any of Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. back and tonight's guest as we said earlier is doug maidenford um doug is a member of state college lodge number 700 and and, and huguenot lodge number 377 oh, oh you even pronounced oh, my right. mother lodge yes there you go and where's that located that is in kutztown kutztown berks county pennsylvania you know what kutz means yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> Take it the uh, sensors don't let that go through. I don't think there's any Pennsylvania Dutch sensors out there, Timmy. Okay. I think we're okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I understand that uh, your life in uh, State College 700 has been really interesting uh, recently. It has. Yeah, talk a it little has. bit about that. Well, I don't know even where to start. Um, recently, State College 700 had an, had some excitement, we'll say that, and... Um, uh, a brother decided to step out of the line at the last minute, uh, who was pretty high up in the line. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not saying this to brag, but the district deputy, who is also <coughs> someone I travel with a lot for the other bodies and is a past master there in, in State College, kind of reached out and talked to me a little bit about, you know, maybe you could help us out. Um, and I had shown interest before in possibly doing something like that in the future. Uh, and 
the wheels of motion moved quickly, uh, and uh, I got put into the line, and I'm helping out now, serving as senior warden, and loving every minute of so, it. So, so in case you missed that, let, let, yeah, let's explode that a little bit. Um, from the sidelines to senior warden, yeah. boom, right there. And I delivered the closing charge, one of the first On nights. His first there, night, too. outstanding, outstanding. Cool. So. I mean, just have you been quietly learning this stuff on the side? For the last 20-some I mean, this year marks my 20, 22nd year as a Freemason, I think. Something like that. Yeah, 21 or 22 years. Because it's, it's so rare to see somebody step in off the sidelines. To... Well, I think, I mean, in oh, all honesty. No, it's not. <clears throat> Shut up, Larry. Go back to sleep, Larry. <laughs> Larry, we haven't played the intro music yet. Just, just hold on. Tell uh, me when you want me to talk. Okay. <laughs> we know when we start. No, I, I think in all honesty, yes. I mean, I've been going to enough Masonic meetings over the last 21 years for, I think, a lot of osmosis to happen. Okay. But also, I mean, I have to credit being in leadership roles in all of the Yorkrite bodies mm-hmm. as far as learning and memorizing and doing ritual there. That I think that's just something that came pretty quickly to me. Luckily, I mean, I'm luckily in that sense. I know there's a lot of brothers out there that struggle with that. Um, and when I saw this opportunity, was given this opportunity, I knew that I had to put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to make sure I'm on my A game every time we step there on the floor. Um, but it's been working out really well. And uh, I think we have a pretty good future ahead for State College 700. There's some good things that we are, the current Worshipful Master has planned. There's, I've already started talking to some people in this room about potentially speaking next year uh, at, at State College. So, And they graciously said yes. And I'm looking very forward to that in the future. Who is that? That would be a, a brother, Jack Harley. What? No. Uh, yes. And a brother, a jerk. brother, Tim Dedman. <laughs> <laughs> Pay your damn dues. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's um, you know, I was talking to Tim and Larry before we started recording. State College is, for those of you that aren't from Pennsylvania, State College is where Penn State University is located, which is the largest university in Pennsylvania. Undergraduate. Yeah, right. Uh, undergraduate around 40,000 and then another 20,000 graduate students. So, I mean, it's a huge university town. The town itself is pretty small. Um, and since we are a lodge in that town, we do get a lot of college kids that come in get their degrees, and then when they graduate, they move on. You know, their job takes them somewhere else, so they move back home. Um, so we, we bring in members, uh, a lot of young members, but the problem is because of the transient nature of State College, they're only there for a couple of years, and then, you know, profession takes them somewhere else, or their family, or they can move back home. Um, but I was also telling these guys that State College is also right now a really hotbed for, as a retirement community for all these old Penn Staters that want to relive their college career i don't know uh, whatever find a drunk on beaver street yeah, 60 yeah. 70 year olds laying there uh, but um <laughs> and that has that has that has brought in a lot of transfer members too though we're getting uh this year i think we brought in three or four already of people that have transferred their membership to our lodge because they're retiring in state college so cool. that's are you keeping up with deaths I mean, are the are the transfers? We write them all down. Yeah, that's, uh, we're keeping <laughs> yeah, I, up with them. No, I mean, because that's kind of the bra- are, are you are you breaking even? Or are you still like the rest of us? Still, I don't think we're breaking even, but <clears throat> I think we we tend to do maybe a little bit better than some of the other rural lodges that are yeah. in our district and that are around us. Hey, Doug, come on the show. We'll talk about how many guys are dying in your lodge. Are you keeping <laughs> well, up with no. it? <laughs> It'll be fun, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my. One of my big pet peeves is is as many lodges as there are in university towns. Millersville is another one. Yep. Um, that the lodge doesn't really have anything to do with the college, and I've always felt like there should be a table at orientation day or or parents weekend, especially parents weekend. I'm I'm not as concerned about having the young kids join because, like you say, they're going to move out anyway. But 
just to have a table up that says, hey, if you're a Mason, your kid has an uncle here. Yeah. Right? I'm your brother. Your kid's here. You know, there's there's somebody to call if there's a problem or if there's trouble. I, I know when my kid went up to State College, I contacted the lodge up there, and I and I reached out to them and said, you know, hey, my kid's going to be there. Who, You know, if, if there's anything going on, who, who can they call? And, well, you're right. Um, <clears throat> Your idea is what we're doing in October at Miller. Are you Miller's doing it? Office. We're doing it. Yeah. Oh, excellent. We're setting up, and we're going to be there, and it's just exactly what you said. Yeah. If, you have a ch- you're a, if you're a Mason, you have a, we, I, the uncle thing, that's great. I didn't think of that one, yeah. but we're doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> excellent. Yeah. Good. And we, we're very lucky at Millersville. We have a we have Acacia Lodge, uh, I almost said Lodge, fraternity. Acacia Fraternity yeah. there, which is an offspring of Freemasons out of Michigan. Yeah, and I mean, they're we, they're very active in our lodge. It's, it's really no, I agree. I think those are all great ideas. Yeah. Uh, we currently aren't doing that. What we do, um, there's Central Pennsylvania Festival for the Arts, which is a massive, massive art festival that takes place in State College every summer in July. Uh, and part of the festival actually it takes place in front of the street where our lodge building is. And we always do set out a table, and and mm-hmm. you know, for, and I mean, the foot traffic is insane. Mm-hmm. Have we ever picked up a new member from that? I don't know. But we have a lot of brothers that are walking around Arts Fest that'll come up and. Yeah, Same high and, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I think that's a great outreach opportunity that just there's there's cuz there's so many lodges in college towns. Uh Elizabethtown for crying out loud. I mean, there they are right in the middle of everywhere. Yeah, Kutztown. Uh, yeah. I mean, my Kutztown my mother lodge, yeah. One, yeah. So, okay, we're Tim's making hand signals here, but oh, never mind. Yeah. I'm not allowed to know what they're about. It's, <clears throat> it's a secret. So, we were talking before the show. I always, I love talking to guests before the show, but then I hate talking to guests before the show because because we get the good conversations out of yeah, the way. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So before we started, we were talking about kind of lodges in general and how we can how we can help them. How we can, uh, Larry, you're cut off. He's, Tim has Larry syndrome. Exactly. I'm sorry, Tim. Go Thank ahead. you. Thank you. <laughs> so done. Yes. <laughs> so as we, as we look at the fraternity at large, if we look at uh, Freemasonry at large, we have um, a lot of um, urban areas that have significant numbers of lodges. Uh, they tend to be close to valleys and other appendant bodies, etc. And they struggle with leadership. They struggle with attendance. They struggle with fill on the blanks. You get to some of our rural places. And this actually came up uh, as a result of a conversation I had with a gentleman uh, that attended um, the Big Valley's um, reunion this weekend. He came down from New York, and he said, this is what I'm looking for. This is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. But in upstate New York, the next closest lodge is, you know, 65 miles away. Um, and I don't know how to – and my lodge is dead. You know, basically the last two or three times I've been there, they've barely had enough to open. Um, and, of course, my step to him was, so did you ask to help him open? Be the change? Be the change. What? Yeah. But and, – and that's and – that's, that's significant, but so how do we, as we're as we're dealing with the um, 
retracting, I guess it will, of the numbers in Freemasonry. How do we help lodges and other appendant bodies survive? Well, I, I definitely don't have the answer for that. That's for sure. Oh, we um, rely well, on I'm you. sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Those notes. Gosh, but what I mean, it's it's an absolute truth that, especially in you know, Pennsylvania is a large state, and we have these massive urban areas: the Greater Pittsburgh area, Philadelphia, and all the suburbs, even Harrisburg, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, and then you have the rest of the state, which is extremely rural. And there are f- Masonic opportunities in those rural areas, but like you mentioned, like the gentleman from New York, you're driving forever in some instances, at, you know, and at night. And through the woods for a lot of, like, northern tier Pennsylvania and even mm-hmm. central Pennsylvania up where I am. And I think – I mean, the future is what the future will be, of course. But I really – I personally think, especially with a lot of the appendant bodies, you're going to see more and more of this – of the contraction and, and merging. They're going to have to to survive. I just look at the appendant bodies that I belong to in central Pennsylvania where we are in State College and – it's the same core of officers in all of these groups, and you're driving ex, you're either driving to Altoona or you're driving to Johnstown or you're driving to Williamsport or you're driving to Tawanda to go to an appendant body. And for some of us, that's a two-hour drive one way to get to a meeting, and it's it, it's 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 hard. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. So I don't know. I, I mean, I honestly don't know how we're gonna how we're going to address those issues. I think nature's going to take care of some of it. Darwinism is going to. Take take care of some of it. Are we talking um, about death again? Yeah. Well, to a certain extent, oh, but but I also think that with that, you know, look, I grew up on a farm, and you have to pull the weeds in order for a vegetable plant or any plant to grow better. And I think not calling some of these smaller bodies or these smaller lodges weeds, but if it's not a healthy plant, then something has to be done, and that mm-hmm. might be the tough decision that nobody ever wants to make. That decision, of course, but. I know you guys have talked about this issue many times because it is. I think it is one of the biggest issues we're facing. It, it is, but uh, and I had this conversation, and I'll say it again: if we look at where we are now and what the trajectory is, and what the trajectory was four years ago, five years ago, yeah. um, we're on such a better path now, just because. I mean, and I'm going to say COVID had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Because everybody was sitting home alone, and they reached out, you know, over the internet and over uh, Zoom and and all that kind of nonsense, and, and got in touch with each other, and it it just it I think it changed the direction of the whole thing, and it, I think it's coming back. I really do believe that. Now it's never going to be what it was in you know 1964. <clears throat> Right when when all of those post war guys were members and and we just ballooned into this ridiculous mammoth, but I really do believe we're in a good path right now. There's education coming. People are coming in that want to be spiritual, um, and they're looking for something that we have. And I, I'm really glad you just mentioned that last point. I agree with you on a lot of that, absolutely. And I think the young guys that are coming into the fraternity and then going on to other bodies or just coming into the fraternity period, I think are coming in with the right intentions. Where if we look back to the 1964 era, how many of those guys were joining because, I don't know, you know, because they wanted to get more connections in the community. Maybe they were a businessman. They wanted to advance their business. Where I don't think that's the issue at all. One thing I've really thought a lot about with and talked with some of my other Masonic friends is as I think you guys know this on the show, but I teach high school. And I think one of the things that the fraternity is going to have to somehow figure out is the fact that the number of young men in the future that have a belief in any being is dropping. Mm -hmm. And how how do we – 
how how is that going to affect the, the fraternity? Right. When I look at my high school kids, and I I mean, we it's not like we're talking about God all the time, but I mean, faith comes up from time to time in conversations. Mm-hmm. And if I polled my four classes today and said, how many of you go to church? I might get out of a class of 30 kids, maybe three to four. And that's not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I might have kids that'll say, well, you know, they're agnostic. Mm-hmm. I, there's something, but I don't know what it is. Okay. All right, fine. But then if I ask kids, how many of you don't believe in anything, you don't have any faith whatsoever. I mean, the, it's they're always the majority. Mm-hmm. And that can't be just my high school. I mean, I'm not polling every you know teenage group in Pennsylvania. But that is an issue that I think we as a fraternity will will face in the future. And I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll be the outlet for some of those people to That's exactly what faith. I'm hoping yeah, we are. I, yeah. I, that could be a very real possibility. I, I think we are a repository of honor and faith and that 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 this whole generation that's growing up without either of those things is going to get to a point in their lives where they need that and we're hopefully we're still going to be here we will be here it's not a question of if but in, in what form and if yeah, we and, don't and, sell out our principles then we'll be there to 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 step in and how do we get that message out to those potentially new right. we guys keep, out we there we keep it a secret and we don't no, tell I, anyone I about some... it that's what we do yeah. Wait, no. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to say yeah, that. I know. All right. But, you know, I think in respect to COVID really kind of forcing us to look at ourselves, um, what I'm seeing on this side of the pandemic are the bodies, particularly lodges, that found a way to stay connected to people during that time mm-hmm. are the ones that are now healthy, healthy and thriving, ish, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Uh, again, they've still got room to grow. They've got room to get better. We all do. Um, but a lot of bodies, people didn't stay connected, and it became easier to stay home on the couch and binge watch something on Netflix or mm-hmm. you know whatever Game of Thrones, whatever the thing was. And it's hard to change that mindset now. It it. it. <laughs> It is and it isn't, right? Because it only takes one or two guys in a lodge with enthusiasm to really un- to, to upset the apple cart. And sometimes the apple cart needs to be upset. Sure. I'm just going to say. And, and sometimes those new guys with new ideas uh, are, are – sometimes they're annoying. I, I get it. I was that guy. But, but you need that. You need that energy. You need the enthusiasm and the passion, and and one or two guys in a lodge can create a, a swirl that brings people in. I t- today, I was at uh, a, a work event. Um, I was up in Williamsport, your stomping grounds, and I was talking to uh, one of the, one of my vendors. He's from Georgia, and I said, "Yeah, I have to. This thing ends at two. I got to get back to Africa. I've got to record a podcast." And he said, "What do you? Do? What kind of podcast do you do?" I said, "It's a Masonic." podcast a bunch of old white guys sitting around talking about masonry and he says are you a freemason i said yeah i absolutely am he said how how do i get involved in that i've been looking for something you know to to make me a part of the community how do i get involved in that and i just said you just did it yep right there but we don't we don't say that Right, I mean, the closest we get to that is that that to be one, ask one thing, but nobody knows what that means. Right. That you only know what that means if you know what it means, right? Right, but but to say to to put it out there that you know nobody's going to ask you to join their lodge, 
I mean, they might suggest that you think about it, but but you're not going to be invited. If you're waiting to be invited, we we have to we have to crush those myths about oh, you have to have a family member who's a Freemason. No, you don't. Where did that come from? Right. But people are still hanging on to those myths, and they're not coming to us because they don't think they're allowed to. And well, anyway, where I was going to take the rest of the piece was those lodges that came through COVID and are now, you know, thriving-ish, so on and so forth with these younger guys who have stepped in, and they have connected around their own interests. Mm -hmm. And when you reach out and find out what interests other people, Mm -hmm. then they are more likely to say to their friends, hey, or that conversation you just Mm -hmm. explained is likely to happen to them. Now, where are you going tonight? I'm going to a Masonic meeting. What's that all about? Mm Mm-hmm. Bingo. Before before I left, he caught me in my car and he said, hey, I went on the Grand Lodge of Georgia's website and I found the lodge in my town. And I, I did, I, like, re, please call me. And it's so, you know, but it's that awesome. easy. It is. You know, for people that, that don't do that, they don't have that conversation. They're just dues-paying members and they never talk about it. They mm. never express how it's important in their lives. They never, they never share it with other people. That's why your lodge is dead. Because you don't talk about it. Well, let's be realistic. There's a lot of members that don't know how to – they don't know what it means to them. They don't know what they what they get out of it. Right. I mean, there's, that's a, yeah, that's that's a reality, true. and yeah. that's that's sad. Yeah. And and we've, we're have we're blamed for that as a fraternity, I think. We, right. we haven't been good about that. I think we're doing a better job. Mm-hmm. I think Grand Lodge yeah, is absolutely. doing a much better job about being able to talk about this stuff. But that takes education, right. and that takes a total mindset change. And as we all know – that's difficult for a lot of people. But if you'd asked me 10 years ago some of those questions, I wouldn't have been able to really answer them all that well either, mm-hmm. or not to the point where I felt comfortable doing it in, in mixed company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think we're going in the right direction in that sense, but we do need to do more. I agree with you 100%. We need to be able to talk about yeah. ourselves. How, how do I talk to my friends about this? Yeah. Yeah. The other piece of what we talked about earlier that we can bring up here is how as – individual lodges as impendent bodies, we need to talk about our opening and closing charge and how we live that in the lodge and out of the lodge. Mm -hmm. Now, we can't openly go in and dialogue the ritual and so on, but we can talk about, uh, you know, the love of each other, the coming together Mm -hmm. and, you know, meeting on the same level regardless of our station in life how that we can bring up and have discussions uh, in, on an intellectual basis and can agree and disagree in a way that respects each other, how that when we depart from the lodge, that we reach out to our people around us, regardless of whether they're brothers or not, how that we help them when they fail mm-hmm. and aid in their getting better. Mm-hmm. And as that thing says... If we do that, mm-hmm. the world will see us. This is printed, so you can say it if you want. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, char- the charges are open. You can, yeah. you can okay. say it. But anyway, so perhaps we'll do an episode on the opening and closing charges, because I really do think well, there's some beautiful poetry. That well, and here's, the, my, well, here's my beef with it. Not my beef with the charges, of course. However, I think too many guys, and this isn't, I'm not blaming them, but too many guys go to lodge, they sit there, and it's somebody gets up, gives the opening charge, and... People don't listen to it. It's like, oh, they're giving the opening charge. I heard this opening charge. 
a bajillion times. 10, they sit times. down and they move right into the next part of the meeting. Same way with the closing charge. That guy's like, okay, are we out of here soon? Oh, yeah. Strawberry okay, right, ice cream's coming. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not listening to it. And it, I agree with what Tim said. I think especially the closing charge here in Pennsylvania anyway, there is – if you truly listen to it and then you think, I got to do all those things, you really have to start thinking about what kind of a person are you? Are you even coming close to living up to any of that stuff? And I don't know. You know, it's hard. It's hard. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. Who's, who's coming back? And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back with Doug Maidenford. Oh, my God. Uh, Doug is the host of Doug's Front Porch. Uh, and also the voice of Dutchy Doug. And Doug, you also have a YouTube channel. I do. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, today I crossed 11,000 subscribers actually on my way down here. So I'm really happy some to, to see that. Yeah, send some to you. Uh, we'll work on it. Um, <laughs> send them all petitions. Yeah, That's right. what you need yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the YouTube channel I've been doing now for almost 10 years. Um, it's almost purely Pennsylvania Dutch content, but a lot of, it's all in, the vast majority of it's in English, uh, teaching the language, culture, history. We do some music as well. Um, and then every, uh, first Sunday of every month, we do a comedy bit, my buddy and I, called Ask a PA Dutchman. Those are the, those are funny, I have to admit. We get a lot of, we get a lot, we have a lot of laughs when we do those. Um, so yeah, check it out, please. I'll take and you do any. those on your YouTube channel. Yeah, those are all on the YouTube channel. So, and watching. the podcast that I run also does post to the YouTube channel as well. So you can get everything there in one well, location. How they get to the YouTube. What do they? You go to the website youtube.com. Uh, <laughs> no. no, this is important. This is not. This is, yeah, because there's a lot of people that don't okay, know this. So, so for real. No, for real. If you go to YouTube, which is a website, youtube.com, and then in the search bar, if, if you search my name, Doug Maidenford, M A D E N F O R D. Wait, or how do you pronounce that? Maidenford. Thank you. Or you D-U-G. can search P A Dutch 101. Either of those searches will you'll get my hits right away, uh, and then you can subscribe, of course. And there's, I don't know how many videos are on there, but there's multiple playlists. There's ones that deal just with grammar videos. There's ones that deal with just vocabulary. There's ones that deal with just history. There's cooking episodes teaching you how to uh, cook some certain Pennsylvania Dutch foods. Um, 
there's a bunch of videos on famous Pennsylvania Dutch people in history. You name it, it's on there. Um, and then we also do have a playlist where our music is on there, too. Chris LaRose and I do um, a group called The Broken Spokes, where we do traditional Americana music, but we also do uh, old Pennsylvania Dutch folk songs that we reimagine in a, in a more modern sound, but we maintain these old songs and give them new life. We write our own music, too. So that's very cool it's very good music thank you very good music on your cooking show is pot pie made with a crust listen buddy there there, there are certain certain things in this world no of course not it is uh, real pot pie Um, I have a couple videos that deal with pot pie the pot pie question the great pot pie question so I I didn't see that actually I I really like that that was good no so um and that's really ramped up over the last few years. Spe- speaking of pot pie, I was at a dinner for the Adamstown Library fundraiser, and the the guest, the actually the chef, was the chef, the local chef that used to be the chef at the White House. Mm. Um, and he made pens- – because he's from here. He, he's got a restaurant, Leola. He's from here. And uh, he decided that one night it was I, – I think it was right wrapped around 9-11 – and and everybody was just worn out, you know. It was just everybody was just drained, just yeah. drained emotionally, physically, and stuff. And he said, I, uh, "Comfort food. We mm-hmm. need to make comfort food." And he and he whipped up a Pennsylvania Dutch pot pie, and he served it to the president. That's Bush at the time. And uh, <laughs> did you ask he, where the crust was? No, he called <laughs> he called him in, and he said, and he and he said, John, good job. <laughs> I never heard that story. That is great. that is awesome. Yeah, great. yeah. It was like that. And he served it to he served it to Bush. He served it to Clinton. Yeah, and they were all like, "Yeah, this is because they're here." And I do. Have, I'm going to do one more shameless plug. Um, and I think. I don't know if I talked about this last time I was on the show or not, but in 2019, uh, I was part of a German documentary, two film crew, two filmmakers from Germany, who came up with this idea. They're from the area of Germany where the vast majority of the Pennsylvania Dutch come from, the, what's known as the Rhineland Palatinate, or Rhineland Falls in German, right along the Rhine River Valley there. And they wanted to do a story, they wanted to do a documentary about the Pennsylvania Dutch. Like, who are these people? How is it that this language is still being spoken 300 years later? We've carried on words that have been lost back in Germany. We carry on traditions and foods that have been lost over there because of 300 years of history, wars and everything that goes, you know, it happens over a course of 300 years. And uh, we filmed the movie. Half of it was filmed here in Pennsylvania and half of it was filmed in Germany. Uh, and it is available on Amazon uh, and you can watch it there. Uh, it's called, <laughs> this is going to be great, Hibba Be Driva. Um, but if you search Pennsylvania Dutch documentary on Amazon, uh, you can find that movie. Uh, it did really, really well uh, in Germany. It, we sold out multiple showings. Uh, and then we did a tour here in the United States when it when it came live in 2019, right before the pandemic. Uh, and we sold out to all the theaters that we played here in the United States as well, here in Pennsylvania. So I'd highly recommend if you want to learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch in a, in a fun way, but also a very visually appealing way, to check that documentary out. Uh, we just filmed version uh, the sequel uh, this past summer, and that'll be coming out in April of next year. So that's really exciting, too. So... A lot of good stuff going on. So another avenue that you go down is the Doug's Front Porch. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. You were just getting going, I think, 
uh, when you were here last. That's right. Um, That's right. Um, yeah, the idea came out actually during the pandemic. Uh, I was bored. Uh, I don't know how I was bored, but I was. And I've always wanted – I like to talk to people. I've always liked to talk to people. Uh, and – I had just come out of doing this movie, and in the movie I played main, the main character that is constantly interviewing people, uh, and I felt really comfortable doing that. And I thought, I'm going to, you know, there's this podcast opportunity, I'm going to take it. Um, so I bought myself a microphone, and I sat down, and I thought of the first 10 people that I'd love to talk to, and a lot of them were old friends. And I said, hey, guys, you want to mind talking to me for an hour on, on a podcast? And it is, I grew up in an a old farmhouse here in, in Southeast PA, and we had a giant front porch, like everybody does. And two rocking chairs were out there, and as a kid growing up, that is where we sat in the summer and that was where a lot of the best conversations ever happened sometimes they were silly sometimes they got deep sometimes they were arguments you know mm -hmm. uh, and I just thought the best place that I know where people feel comfortable talking is sitting on a front porch or on a back porch. So that's kind of the concept I went with. Uh, I do two episodes a month, comes out on the 1st and the 15th of every month, and I just have a, a conversation with a, a random person, usually somebody that I know in some form, uh, and we just talk. They tell me about their life, uh, ask them silly questions sometimes just to get, you know, get the conversation flowing. But it's been really, uh, I really enjoy doing it, and I always get the comment that I love the best is when we're done taping an episode you know we'll talk for an hour and the guests will be like we're done how long was that uh that was we were talking for like 70 minutes no we weren't really that fast you know that, it's a real laid back just like we're having a conversation on two rocking chairs on my front porch um and did i'll you, say no go ahead larry what, what, <clears throat> when you were on the front porch did you do green beans and oh snap them and larry you're taking yeah. me back to my childhood yeah. absolutely <laughs> that, that was my childhood. strawberries yes. yeah. was we my were childhood. yeah uh shelling peas snapping string beans, yep, uh, yep. cutting corn on the cob off for freezing. Yep. Yeah, a lot of that stuff happened on my front porch. Yep. Yeah. No, but it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. I really I really enjoy it. In fact, Pete, uh, our good friend Pete here from the show was was a guest on the on the on the show. He got a lot of ratings that day when that when that one dropped. He got a lot of good clicks. It was a great conversation. Um, and it, I, I really I really enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. We have never been invited on the front porch. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. Yeah, we, yeah, we some have. Of, Larry. Some of us have. So, so wait, a, wait a minute. So, what? Doug, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know about Pete. <laughs> Larry, check your mail when you get home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, we talked at dinner tonight about that. But I said, when when can we come up to your place to be in your front porch? Your band. He's begging. He's begging for an invite. To build one. I have a back porch now. Well, we had Larry's back porch this afternoon. <laughs> we did. Uh, yes, we, we were. did. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So uh, obviously, a lot of our listeners, and I understand um, he may be here somewhere in the studio. Uh, we'll have to track him down for our next segment. But um, you know, Dutchy Doug makes an occasional appearance. Um, yeah, and I have to admit, so I was thinking a lot about this on the drive down today. So the first time I was here on this show, I don't know what year that was, a couple years ago, in this very studio. 1890. Uh, yeah, right. It was in the Cleveland administration. Right. Uh, <laughs> how's that for a shout-out? Yeah, underrepresented. Uh, underrepresented. Yeah, underrepresented. Darn right it was, mugwumps and all. Um <laughs> That came out of nowhere because it was it was February. I know yeah, that, and somehow yeah. one of you guys asked me about Fosnox, and it was Groundhog Day. And, and yeah, we were talking yeah, about yeah. and and I just to. did what I usually do whenever Chris and I perform. <laughs> I throw an accent, really thick one on, like my grandparents had, and just talk dumb. As Pennsylvania Dutch speakers, we always say Pennsylvania Dutch people are trilingual. We speak English, we speak Dutch, and we speak dumb. And <laughs> 
That's what we do best, telling stupid stories, stupid jokes, and just making fun of ourselves. And that night, it organically happened. I think it was you, because I said you smear the butter on, and you just <laughs> lost it. I think to myself, Don't, who doesn't smear butter on their false knock? Next thing you know, but, Dutchie Doug. And that was when I left that night. I think Pete might have emailed me the next day or something and said, hey, would we need some bits. Would you would you mind doing one or two of those? And I, yeah, gladly. Well, how many years later? Not. I mean, I love doing the bits for you guys. I love sending them in. Um, Larry tells me that they go over well. I don't know. They, they do. I really appreciate. Do, yeah. I really. Gosh, you why. We have fun. Come on, tell him. He doesn't between, believe me. Between things that Larry says and does, uh, the the number one comment that I hear, especially when you're not on, is where Where's the hell's Doug? Dutchy right. Doug? We haven't heard from him in a while. Well, the broken plow only gets meets one time a month, right. so you know right. it only gets right. happen. Right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about their uh, latest. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna scene. do a lot. Broken plow's going live tonight, buddy. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah that's gonna be fun. Is this the one I'm thinking about? I don't know. I don't know, Larry. We'll what see. you're thinking? I don't you think anybody knows. Nobody what really knows what Larry's. <laughs> we'll knows. see. That's right. We'll see, Larry. We'll see. So. Uh, your high school teacher, high school the see, uh, the uh, school year is about to wrap up. Yes. What do you got yes. going on over the summer? <laughs> Um, well, we're performing a couple places over the summer, doing some gigs. Uh, if anybody's in Kutztown, over the, the first week of July is the annual Kutztown Folk Festival, one of the largest and oldest folk festivals in the United States. That is a biggie. Uh, it is huge. Um, we're ranked, voted number two this year by the USA Today for the number two folk festival in the country. I, I like that you pronounce all four letters of that word, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just saying. And for you people who are thinking about making a trip to the Kutztown, Town Fair Folk Festival. Yes. You really want good chicken pot pie. That is the place to get it. Well, it's good everything. I mean, it's good food. It's a good educational opportunity. There's seminars. There's live entertainment. And everything comes in with your entrance fee. You don't pay anything extra while you're there unless you're buying something from craftsmen or artisans. But your entrance ticket gets you uh, all the free entertainment. And there are four stages of constant entertainment. Sometimes there's uh, educational stuff going on. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's folk dancing. Uh, There's sheep shearing that's done live for the audiences. It's a huge festival, and I highly recommend it. Um, even if you know nothing about the Pennsylvania Dutch, you'll just to go to see the art that's on display, and the quilt barn alone is worth the trip up. But I'll be there performing July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, two shows every day, music, fun, jokes. So, yeah, you can check out kutztownfestival.org to be there if you want to check it out. It's a great place. Really. It is really cool. Love it it love is really, it. really cool. And you can buy these signs that you attach to your barn for fertility. They're called hex Protection. signs. Hex yeah. signs are right. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to say that word. Oh, know? well, the, the Pennsylvania Dutch word is shyashtana, so you could <laughs> yeah. really impress your friends and say that. Hexabliva. Hexabliva, <laughs> yeah. You broke out in something earlier and got kudos on it. What's yeah, it? you said stopkepe here earlier oh, tonight. Stop. There's your Pennsylvania Dutch word of the night. That's what we were Brethren. Just, was that what we were describing Jack or what? No. <laughs> Someone that Stopkepik is stubborn. So I don't know if Jack's stubborn or not, but that's the that's the word in Pennsylvania Dutch. No, I'm a marshmallow. You lost your you lost your noose. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My four in hand noose. All right. Well we're gonna take a quick break here and then we're going to hear from Uncle Walter? No. No, he's still on There's vacation. nothing fun happening in Freemasonry right now. There's right, nothing like find- ironic or absurd, like, you know, people getting kicked out or yeah. grandmasters going berserk. So yeah, you Walter ask- is, Walter's very quiet So right you ask us to think about that tonight at dinner. We couldn't come up to with our listeners. Um, so boring. If you can find some uh, content for uh, Uncle Walter... <laughs> He's in need. So I got a website to send you, Uncle Walter. Things are going sideways somewhere uh, in your world. Uh, 
post something on our uh, Facebook. Tell us page. about your dysfunctional lodge. Yeah, right. And we'll uh, we'll make sure we highlight it. You know, it's interesting. I posted. We talked about this earlier. You know, the last two or three episodes we've posted at the beginning of the day that if you wanted a shout out on tonight's episode, you know, give us your name and location and we'll do a shout out. We'd get dozens, literally dozens. I posted one tonight to say, hey, if you've got a summer event going on, then we'll plug it on the show. Just let us know here. Got nothing. That's that's the cricket sound effect. Actually, we did get one, and I'm going yeah. to mention it later. Oh, but I uh, saw him. Yeah. We'll, well, no, it's a legitimate event. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, there's a legitimate event that actually came out before I posted it. So uh, that somebody I'm, had contacted us on so Messenger confused. and said, hey, can you plug this on your show? So. Anyway, we'll do that. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm not sure who we're going to hear from here. But when we come back, I'm going to see if we can track down Dutchy Doug and hear about the Broken Plow Lodge. So we'll be right back. Vonst. Hello, this is Austin Schifrin. And welcome to Bone and Marrow, a short segment of Masonic Learning. Today's segment is entitled Man Up. When I was a child, I was fond of drawing. I remember all of my illustrations of men were always depicted in suits and ties with pointy dress shoes and briefcases. In hindsight, it's not hard to identify the influences that resulted in this image for me. My father was an attorney. My stepfather owned a construction company. Both of them were similarly attired whenever they left for work. All of this might say something to the listener about my urban and urbane upbringing. A little boy who grows up in a different background or a different walk of life might always draw little men in jeans and boots, carrying lunch in a cooler and a box of tools. All of this is my way of saying that even from a young age, we can have different concepts in mind of what makes a man a man. We can come to these different conclusions as a result of varying influences, coming from our culture of origin or the culture that we land within, the influences of our peers and of the media. What are the concepts that many of us share today? We picture men as providers, as being strong and reserved when it comes to their feelings keeping their suffering, if there should be any, quiet and to themselves, and as being leaders. These concepts, which had their origins in historical truths, wind their way into literature and even into our grasp of the broader universe. If your tastes run in an esoteric direction, this plays into Kabbalah and the cosmic masculine and feminine. In a more pedestrian sense, we're talking men are from Mars, women are from Venus type stuff. As humankind progresses and society evolves, we may find that roles that were historically allocated to one gender or the other are not exclusively the province of that gender. Whatever your personal feelings on these points, we find it is no longer unheard of for the woman in a relationship to be the breadwinner. It's not always in the best interest of our own mental and emotional health to keep our suffering to ourselves. And that in our communities, we benefit from the diversity of perspectives that comes from having women in leadership positions. So now, what is left the exclusive province of men and manhood? I don't claim to have all the answers, but I can think of at least one. I think our fraternal organization should be a forum in which we discuss intelligently how our role evolves and changes, and how to navigate this change with dignity and respect for mankind and womankind alike. I hope you enjoyed this segment of Masonic Learning. And if you're interested in more such as this, please look out for my book, More Light, Collected Masonic Writings, 2017 to 2021, now available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and as an Apple ebook. Thanks, and take care.
All right, and we're back. Um, the boys are testing out their new equipment tonight. They are so happy. We got microphones. They have swing arms. Oh my gosh! And they don't make and any they noise move, and they're quiet, around. and it's so the question. Awesome. Larry, does your voice sound better tonight? I think it sounds fantastic tonight, doesn't it? It's the swing arm. It's the swing. swing arm. It's the swing arm. It's the swing arm. Yep. Larry's a swinger. All right. <laughs> Well, we are joined in the studio by none other than Dutchy Doug. <laughs> Welcome back to the Masonic Light Studios, Dutchy. It's nice to be out of my valley and be down here in big effort, the son of a gun. Hey, hello, brethren. It's Dutchy Duck here with an update from my lodge at Broken Plow number 377. Now, you people in Pennsylvania probably know about this Pennsylvania Masonic Blood and Organ Donation Program, oh, yeah. right? Well... As I said before, us out there in the Brogan plot, we get things about, well, it takes a while for the news to get on to us, right? So we just found out about this about two weeks ago, and we decided, son of a gun, we really want to get going on this. We want to do something. So we called the Red Cross, and we said, we want to do one of these blood drives, and we want to do it now because we're ready. And they said, do you really think you'll get enough guys? Oh, do no better. We said, I'm telling you, we'll get 50. Easy. We'll be there. So they set up the date. And we announced to the brethren, we're going to do this blood drive. We're going to do a big breakfast beforehand. You give your blood. We'll have a lunch afterwards. And then on you can go home. So the day came. We had a huge breakfast. You know, a Pennsylvania Dutch breakfast. Uh We had scrapples. We had home fries fried in lard. We had eggs. We had bread. We had homemade (laughs) butter, shoe fly pie. It was the table runneth over as we'd say and these red cross people came in and saw all this food i I, they they just looked at it like what they're used to seeing just orange juice and crackers or something like that and we had the full spread you know and all the guys were up there chant on four or five pieces of scrapple couple pieces of bacon potatoes eggs you know how it goes you know and this lady was like my god this is crazy and every guy was lying we had 53 guys in the end sign up to give blood and she was shaking her head the whole time this is crazy, but we're going to do it because these guys are here. So every guy laid down, put the arm out, put the needle in, boom, pint of blood. It went fast. I'll really? tell you. Okay. I'm tell- there was no... It, it, this, yeah. You can always find the vein on a Dutchman. And anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Now, wait, that, was that a joke? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got done giving blood. And then we had lunch. You know what was for lunch? Pig stomach. Stuffed oh. pig stomach. Now, for those you don't know, you take a pig stomach and you stuff it with potatoes, carrots, celery, onions, pork sausage, sausage, pork ribs, chestnuts, you, whatever you can find. Well, you know, we ate that. We had pie again, shoe fly pie, coffee, and, you know, everybody went home. And the lady who was in charge from the Red Cross pulled me aside and said, you guys always eat like this. I said, well, yeah, she was, she was special today. No, this is how I said, no, this is how we always eat. That was typical breakfast and lunch. No big deal. She goes, well, I'm a little worried. I said, why would you be worried? She goes, well, I don't know if you know anything about how blood works, sir, but those foods were not very healthy. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. That's what we eat. She said, okay. And they packed the blood up and they went away. A week later, I got a phone call to the lodge. Show. You know, I'm the secretary. And it was from the Red Cross. And the lady said, we need to talk. And I said, about Uh-oh. what? She goes, could you get those 53 guys together again that gave blood? I said, well, sure. 
I said, is something wrong? She goes, I don't want to talk about it over the phone. I want to do it face to face. Well, now you can imagine what I was thinking. She said, tomorrow, noon. <laughs> I said, I'll have them ready. So the next day came noon. We were all sitting in the social hall there, and in walks the lady from the, blood, uh, from the Red Cross, and she had a doctor with her too. White coat, stethoscope, you know, all that stuff. Carrying a defibrillator in a box, all these things, I don't know. We all sat down, and she says, gentlemen, I would like to thank you. We said, well, no, the pleasure was all ours. We knew we were saving a life, you know? We were doing what we were supposed to do. And I said, well, what's the, what's, what's the deal? What's the matter? Is everything, you know, is everything okay? She goes, I don't know how to say this. I thought, what was it? Oh Everyone's kind of mumbling to themselves. And she said, I brought along Dr. Hotspots. That was his name. <laughs> he was Pennsylvania Dutchman, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and she said, we checked all your blood. And I was sure that we weren't going to be able to take it. And one of the guys in the back of the room said, what do you mean you wouldn't take our blood? She goes, now settle down. I saw the food you were eating, and I had to think to myself, their cholesterol level is going to be through the roof. There's no way I could give this blood to somebody else. It'll harden an artery as soon as we put it in them, right? <laughs> she said, but when we ran your blood, it was perfect. The HDL and LDL, and she was saying all these letters. I had no idea what she was talking about. They were great. She goes, I don't get it. She goes, somebody, she just pointed to the one guy. She goes, tell me what's a typical day for you? And he says, well, I get up, I have my breakfast, I have coffee. And then, well, what do I do? I sweep the porch and the walkway. I go out and weed the garden. Um, I walk a lot, too, and then go out and milk the car, maybe. Uh, you know, press some apples for apple cider. And then get home and, you know, come in from the barn, have a big lunch, go back out. Well, then we slop the pigs and we do this and we go out and we make hay, get back. And then we have supper and then I go to bed. And she says, how many of the rest of you is that a pretty typical day? Oh, all the hands showed, shot up. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty typical for us. She said, it just doesn't make sense. She goes, I want to put all of you in a medical test. She goes, you need to be studied. This don't make sense. And Dr. Hotspots, he was there, and he just kept nodding his head the whole time. He goes, I think I might get a Nobel Prize out of this study. <laughs> so we just said, hey, was the blood okay? Can you use it? She said, Yes. And we said, good, we'll do it again next month if you need us. <laughs> We're still waiting to see what comes out of this study. But what am I supposed to say? Pennsylvania Dutch blood is pretty darn good, I guess. That's awesome. Now wait, I'm not done. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pennsylvania Grand Lodge heard about this. Oh. oh. And they sent us a really nice plaque. Get it? Plaque? Plaque. Thanking us for the many brethren donating, but did also let us know that we probably should eat a little healthier next time around. Hey, dear friends, till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. That is great. Doug, it's always good to have you with us. I want to hear, I, I, I got some questions, though. You all recently held a cooking event. Yeah, we did. Was it a pot pie contest? No, it was red beet eggs. Oh, red beet eggs. Oh, yeah. All right. Road Reva oil. Yeah. yeah. I heard that went over really Oh, big. my God. It was huge. Yeah, everybody had, what I think, it was some people, everybody had 14 eggs to try till it was all wow. said and done. 
And how did that end? Well, it came out in the end, that's for sure. <laughs> if you listen to the story, you know we had to open all the windows. We had to open all the windows. I did. But, you know, I think, Doug, you've hit on something here. Your lodge yeah. has done a great job of reaching out to its members and finding the things that really are meaningful to them. The right food. Well, that, too. <laughs> oh, comes back around to food. <laughs> yeah, we have our, you know, any green beans in there. You guys No, no, they're, they're green. We don't eat a lot of green oh, stuff. The no, average no. Pennsylvania Dutch plate is pretty brawn. <laughs> you think about brawn or gray, yeah. right? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. gosh. So, uh, how, how's membership in the Broken Oh, doing no better. As soon as a guy turns 20, no, 18, nah. Yeah. As soon as a guy turns 18 in our valley, he's knocking at the door. Right. He really is. What uh-huh. can I say? I, I, I can't explain it. When you're doing something right, uh-huh. you just keep doing it. We've been doing the same damn thing for almost 160 years, so we're going to keep at but it. But it seems to be working. Yeah. Are you going to have a pumpkin throwing contest again? We are thinking about it. The police got involved this year and said... <laughs> Well, they wanted to check first, and then they said, you might need a permit. And then I said, buddy, we don't need no stinking permit out here in our valley. No pumpkin chunking said, no. permit Well, we're going to have here. to find out. So the verdict the verdict is still out. We don't know for sure if we're going to punky chunk this year or not. Maybe. Maybe. You know how that turned out last year, though? Yeah, it did. That got No pumpkins were harmed. No that. pumpkins were harmed in that. Jack has some experience in that. Uh, right. No, mine is a roll. Right. It's a pumpkin <laughs> roll. It's a whole different thing. No seniors were injured in No that, seniors, uh, no. <laughs> that was a fun we thing. We did it once, and then they canceled the, 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 the autumn, autumn days. days. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's known as the uh, MLP curse. Bathroom time? No. Wind it up. <laughs> Boy, he is really in a mood tonight. What'd you say, Larry? I think he said wind it up. Did he say wind it up? I think so. Wind it up. Right, sir. I'm not saying it. I'm making the motion. (laughs) Larry, I'm really glad that... That to be here tonight, class. and that you that I've entertained you <laughs> exactly. so much, you, you so did. much that no, he wants to wind it up right, and get you the hell out of here. Whatever, yeah. that's right. Get the. I, I want the audience to know that Doug is. He, he was going to stay in town. We were going to put him up in a hotel. Oh, but he decided. How very he nice was, of us. He was going to. He was going <laughs> to drive home tonight. Yeah. And save us the money. Well, no, that's uh-huh. not the reason. I was, no, I, yes, I did want to save you guys the money. Thank you. Uh, no, I was thinking, the reason I did change my mind. Can I uh, have my $20 back? No, you cannot have your $20. No. I, I would have had to wake up at like 4 a.m. tomorrow morning to get to school on time. So I was like, nah, I'll yeah. just drive home tonight. Yeah. So. But I appreciate the hospitality. Well, you'll sure. be happy to know there's he, no he deer on the road. Yeah, right, I'm saying. Not a one. What? I got those whistles in the front of my car. Yeah. He has to go to school tomorrow. Right, okay. Yeah, but I only got five and a half days. And then school year's over. Nice. Got what are you going to do with those kids now that grades are, have already been due? Well, that's uh, that's a whole other story. Oh. No. This has been, you know, this is my 21st year teaching. And um, post-pandemic, everything has changed. Hmm. The kids, especially, it's it's a whole new world. Um, that that's a whole episode about like where teaching in public ed is moving to in the future, and it, it's scary. I mean, the teachers there's a huge teacher shortage in Pennsylvania. It's across the country too. Sure. Um, and that's another thing that the Commonwealth's going to have to figure out how do we how do we fix that? We only awarded four thousand teaching certificates last year. Wow. Um, and to put that into perspective, in 2016, uh, I think we gave out fourteen thousand. 15,000, somewhere around there. That's real bad. Yeah, and wow. we're, we're, in, we're on the cusp of a huge wave of retirement as well, mm-hmm. and we have more teachers leaving the profession um, early uh, than ever before. Now, I can think of in my building alone, we had three people that just, just walked away. They just mm-hmm. walked away from a, in the middle of their career. Why? 
Can you say it? I mean, can you well, I mean, it? I, yeah, I don't want the, you to get no, you in trouble. Or no, I'm not, I don't think I'll get in trouble saying about this. And when I talk to friends of mine that teach in other school districts, it's the same things that keep coming up. A lot of the kids that we're dealing with now have major aggression issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't handle themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, all the stereotypes you want to throw out there, short attention spans. Um, but the thing that I run into the most and what I hear in the hallway is that a lot of the kids that I, I see on a daily basis, not all, of course, but a lot of them, they just don't know how to, how to, how to do school. Like how to, how to, well, this is really going to sound rough, but how to be a normal person. Mm-hmm. I wished a kid a happy birthday the other day. He didn't even say thank you, but he didn't even acknowledge it. You and don't you, exist. And there's a lot of kids you'll say hi to in the hallway or good morning. And it, it's just, they don't even, it, you're right, they don't acknowledge you. They, don't, they can't handle any kind of criticism and good criticism. Hey, I want to help you fix this. Or, hey, let's think about trying to do it this way. They either automatically shut down or they verbally become aggressive. And I wasn't trained for that. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you know, for people outside of education, I'm no longer just a teacher. None of us are just teachers anymore. That's that's probably the mm-hmm. the least amount of my job. Mm-hmm. The majority of my job is has become being a social worker, mm-hmm. being a therapist, mm-hmm. being a counselor, being just a set of ears for a kid. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a t- totally different feel. It's different than it was five years ago. It's way different than it was 20 years ago when I started. And I understand why people are burning out, why people are leaving. And then you, on top of all of that, now you're also dealing with the state is continually making it more difficult too. More paperwork, more trainings. You're constantly having to do this, having to do that, having to do this. You're not teaching anymore. And that's what a lot of people see. And they're like, I went to school to become a teacher. I want to teach. And that's, the, that's probably the shortest amount of what you're doing in a day. Mm. It's a scary world right now in that sense, as far as public ed is concerned. Um, but we ha- something's got to give. I don't know what that's going to be yet. So. Well, also, too, new teachers coming in do not have the same benefit structure. Yeah, that's a whole other story. That, that's, yeah, in that's hard sure to it attract is. Yeah. people right out of college yeah. that want to teach, yeah. and they realize, oh, my gosh, this isn't anything like my dad. Who oh, no, teacher. not at all. Yeah. 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 So we'll see what, what happens. I mean, Tim, you know you were in the education field. I was, it's, and... When I finished my career, uh, where I did, uh, a couple of school districts approached me about coming and doing some part-time teaching or whatever, and there's no way I could do that. Yeah, um, It has changed so much yeah. over time, and everything you said is 100% accurate. Teaching has become such a small part of what is expected yeah. of the actual teacher. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 all right. I'm, 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 I can't not say this. Say it. Um, earlier in this episode, we talked about people that are coming of age without any faith uh-huh. or without any yep. central core there you go. of belief. And I'm not here to promote anybody's religion, but you have to believe in something. And we're teaching them not to believe in anything. And that's and this is the product that we're getting mm-hmm. from that from that philosophy. And it just isn't healthy. Right? There's there's a huge parenting crisis in our country too. Oh my God. I mean, we can talk about. The crisis that, that is public ed, but it all stems the fact that we have a huge parenting crisis oh, in this country. Without a doubt. And there again, there's where <laughs> there's where a group like Freemasonry can make a difference. Oh, yeah. Bringing in a young guy who might be a father already or maybe will be a father 
and giving him that structure that maybe he isn't getting anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's bring it full circle. I, th- I mean, because if you make him a good person, hopefully that'll equate to him being a good father better dad, and better, raising a yeah. bet, you know, raising a good kid yeah, or at least raising a kid, raising yeah. a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's there's there's a lot of that missing, man. What happened to our craft? That throughout history of the United States was instrumental in forming public schools all over the country. Colleges and universities were formed by Freemasons. We were so heavily into education. And back in the 1930s and 40s, we started withdrawing from it, and we haven't been involved with it since. Our answer to that now is to give a few scholarships every year, and that's mm-hmm. it. Well, it's become but about we money. Do not- well, and this is, I mean, for instance, Demolay and and Rainbow, and that we're we're preaching to the wrong choir, right? I mean, we're we're preaching to the to the children of Masons. That's not where we need to be that's with right. those groups. That's we right. need to be out in the city, looking for you know single single parent families or rural America or too. Rural yeah, America. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's those are the people that those organizations are designed to work with. And we're not we're not even scratching yeah. the surface. And, there. and I think what Doug is it was was saying he has those problems in in what I would term as a rural school district. Sure. Yeah. And those cities in the cities in in, in the United yeah, yeah. States, they're compounded exponentially with those types of problems. Yeah, and I, I mean, you could turn it around. I mean, long term, it, it, it comes back to marketing and the idea that, you know, you're being inundated with these images of things that you have to have. You, you, you're you not really real unless you own these shoes or yeah. this car or these clothes or this whatever, yeah. so that you're, both of your parents have to work in order to pay for all these things that you have to do. In the, and there's nobody at home to raise the kids. Yeah. And I, I and yet just, the only thing a public school teacher is judged on is a test score that occurs. Yeah, that's a whole in other a story. Yeah, completely yeah. arbitrary. Um, instead of that means yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, in my case, as a German teacher, I'm graded on how well my high school students do on their state biology test. Correct. How's that make you feel? Yeah. There you go. And on their algebra and on their English. Right. Yeah. But that's a part of my overall performance rating. At the we could do a whole year. show. On oh this. yeah, I don't, yeah, we don't we get into do that. In we could do a whole podcast on this. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Let's not yeah. get it. But all right, well, <laughs> well, we've well already... we brought that down from. <laughs> no, but I, will, I will say this. Let's can close we talk with about that. cancer for a yeah, while. No, can we do that. That's... <laughs> but that's where I would love. And but again, it's it's staffing issues on our end. Sure. Groups like DMLA, groups like Rainbow Girls, Job's Daughters, they are what they would be a huge help to a lot of these areas. But who's going to do it? Right. You know, and, and and that therein is a real legit problem. Absolutely. I mean, and it is what it, that is an issue. I'm sure. You know, so, but I agree with you. I agree with you 100. percent So we've already taken our last break. So we're going to go around the horn here uh, and talk about what's coming up <laughs> masonically. But one of the things we discovered um, is we here at the Masonic Light Podcast have a very busy summer ahead of us. While Lodge's uh, call off from labor, uh, we are going to be at a host of events, uh, sometimes one or two of us, and sometimes all of us. So I want to review those, and then we can supplement with our own individual Should we have lists. event sponsors? Should we do yeah. what? We would what be we happy to take event sponsors if you want to do that. But on June the 4th, uh, we will be at the Valley of Reading. Uh, they are having their first ever steak and cigar event, and so the deadline to sign up for that has already passed, but if you are attending that event, make sure you stop and talk. Uh, on Saturday, June the 10th, uh, the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania will be having its quarterly communication in Elizabethtown, and 
I believe most of us will be there. Um, and it is a relaxed dress event, which is highly unusual for Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, basically, polo shirts and slacks are appropriate. And uh, so we would look forward to seeing you at that. It's a picnic. It is a picnic. There'll be a barbecue following. Uh, On the seventeenth, Lodge of Research. Thank you. Can't read your own handwriting. I'm trying to. No, I'm trying to understand my own acronyms up there. (laughs) Uh, The Pennsylvania Lodge of Research will be meeting in Altoona. And our very own Jack Harley will be presenting a paper. God, I'm scared to death. Oh, he's going to do a great job. So uh, if you're attending that event, uh, think good thoughts of Jack and uh, wish him well. Come Uh, out. It's open to all Master Masons. It is open to all Master Masons. On July 21st, the Valley of Harrisburg will be sponsoring their golf outing uh, in support of the Children's Dyslexia Center. And the Masonic Light Podcast will not only be a sponsor – We'll have a foursome there, and we'll be doing, as we have in the past, uh, regular updates throughout the day. That's always a lot of fun. Then on August, Josh, are you going to play? Sure. I even have my own clubs. Oh, Will you bring them? No, I don't. <laughs> Just kidding. On August the 12th, Doug, why don't you talk about the cave degree sponsored by the 21st Masonic District? There will be a cave degree on August the 12th. Uh, <laughs> what a clever by the, idea. By the 21st uh, Masonic District. I can't give you any more details on that because we're still working those out, but it's going to be at Woodward Cave, which is in central Pennsylvania, oh, about 25 minutes outside of State College. Um, I will send those details along to the, to the guys here at the podcast so that they can spread the information when I have it. Great. Thanks. And then on August the 19th, the Big Valley of Harrisburg will be having their barbecue and cigar event. Uh, That's always fun, and we look forward to seeing you there. And then we turn the page into September. And Jack, talk about Lodge in the Woods. Lodges in the Woods is a biennial event. Ooh, vocab word. Yeah. We do it every other year. We do it on odd number years. That's what we're in right now, in case you're wondering. This is a very odd year. It's an event where we meet at Camp Mac, the Edward J. Mack Scout Reservation. I believe it's in Newmanstown, technically, on Route 501, a little bit north of Lidditz. And there is a, there's a beautiful dining pavilion where we will be serving steak dinner. And we're going to have some extracurriculars there this time. We Usually we just serve dinner and then go down to the meeting. But we're going to have uh, the podcast set up. So we'll be doing some spot recording at, the po- at, at, at that event. Yep. Um, the event's always attended by the Grand Master and uh, numerous members of the Grand Line. I know um, – uh, we'll have a we'll have a good turnout this year. We usually get about between three and four hundred people for this. Uh, if it's the, if the weather is nice, we meet in an amphitheater uh, outdoors under the blue canopy of heaven. It's beautiful. A couple of big bonfires. If it's raining, the pavilion is big enough to house us, so we're we're under roof if it rains. And uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite.com. Just uh, go on Eventbrite.com. And in the search box, type in Lodge in the Woods 2023, and it will bring you to tickets. Tickets are $40 plus a service fee from Eventbrite. And we would love to have everyone there for that. 
So the one event that got posted on our Facebook page today that asked us to plug was from the Susquehanna D. Malay. Uh, they are celebrating 100 years That's of damn. operation. Wow. Uh, They're inviting us to join them for a picnic celebration on July the 2nd from 4 to 7 in Dallas, PA. Uh, Reservations are required by June the 17th, so we've got a little bit of time there. Um, You can send an email, dmalaysusquehanna at gmail.com, and it's also posted on our Facebook page as a share where you can learn more. So thank you to... Uh, that organization for responding to our call, and uh, be if you surprised ha- the number of Demolay guys, that, kids that listen to us, young men. Oh, actually. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we and heard, we're we're invited and back. We're invited we're back, back to Keyman. Yeah. Yes, we are. So we're looking forward to that. One other event that's not on our calendar, but I'll go ahead and plug it shamelessly anyway, is on the twenty seventh of September. District three will be having a Lovell, which is the week after Lodge in the Woods. Uh, so we look forward to that uh he's showing us where dallas pa is oh is that where it is okay. uh, it's you. up around scranton it's up around scranton oh yeah. my gosh so it'll, it'll be a hike but we'll get there we'll get there we, we can do a road trip larry's band yeah larry's band <laughs> there's a restraining order <laughs> the, the all right order, the order hasn't expired larry <laughs> yes oh what? Uh, what what's coming up oh uh Goose and Gridiron at the uh, Square Square Mile Public House in Mountville, Pennsylvania, every Thursday morning at 9 o'clock for the past 16 years. Can you believe that? What? 16 years. Goose and Gridiron's been beating for really? 16 years. I think he's years. fudging the numbers. No, I'm not. On six planets. Yes. No. Oh, come Two on. Two galaxies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I believe you. I have no reason to so, not believe you. Yeah, uh, and... Uh, the big tall cedars picnic the annual picnic is on saturday this saturday yep and you're not two days it. before this episode comes out yeah oh well oh yeah that's right well it's still still <laughs> still in the future okay can't help that Who's so future? by the time you hear it you 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 won't be able to be in the future and that's You've okay because we don't have enough food to feed you anyway but uh bottom but uh, well and said. La, our lodge meeting on the fourth. Uh, what the? What? No, not the fourth. The sixth, sixth. of uh, June. We'll be. I'll be attending that one. Good. Because it's the last meeting before we shackle up everything for the closing of the. Can we darken off. the lodge? No, you no, don't. We're not darken darkening anything. <laughs> you turning in your charter? Are you? You turning in that charter? It's an old Southern term. Don't uh, worry about it. No, you're calling off from labor, Jack. I've got a couple things, uh, if I could get my calendar to work right. Uh, Not a lot. I mean, I do my regular... Look at these boys using their calendar. I do. I know. We took it from you. It's terrible. (laughs) It's a horrible thing. Uh, I do my regular Monday Night Light with the new candidates as we're coming through. There is on... uh, No, that's not... Uber's not happening. That already did. On the 3rd uh, of June is the... District Reading, whatever the Reading area is. Uh, this is seventh or eighth Masonic. Seventh, District. I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're having a casino night at oh, the yeah. Reading Masonic Center. So, yeah, we announced that on the last. Yeah, show. Yeah, we announced that on good, the last yeah. show. But uh, if we can put a, a link to that we'll on that. the web page, yep. that'd be great. Um, that's a fun night. Uh, bring your spouse. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the Masonic Center or whatever for the. Um, I don't know what it's a fundraiser for anyway. But uh, that's that's kind of it. 
Um, yeah, that's that's all I got going on. Not not a ton. Okay. Doug, how about you or uh, Dutchy Doug? Anything uh, going on in uh, Lodge 700 or Broken Plow? Just me. Uh, tomorrow night I will be installed as Senior Warden of the Council of Princes of Jerusalem for the Valley of Williamsport. Ooh, Slobbering oh. Prince. Slobbering oh. Prince. Slobbering right. Prince. Uh, that's tomorrow night. Um, and then next week... We have uh, Belfont Royal Arch Chapter Number Two Hundred Seventy One, a regular meeting, followed up by the following Wednesday, Constance Commandery Number Thirty Three, Knights Templar in Belfont as well, monthly conclave. That's it. Very cool, Joshy. Uh, like Larry said, we have lodge meeting, Millersville Lodge Number Four Hundred and Seventy Six, Lamberville, Lamberville, Millerton. Uh, <laughs> what? What's he doing? Oh, we have water. Do we? Yeah. All right, Uh-oh. continue. You done? What, Larry's, Larry's taking yeah, that diuretic yeah. again. I'm, yeah. I'm done. I'm podcast. Okay. So um, I just want to call out one uh, item, actually two. Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302 will have its June meeting on Monday, June 5th. And prior to that, at 5.30 p.m., we will be having a brisket and pulled pork dinner, uh, smoked brisket and smoked pulled pork uh, for a donation. You can check out our Facebook page. Reservations are encouraged. Um, The meal is beginning at 5.30. The program will be at 6.30. And then the lodge will have a brief business meeting at 7.30 p.m. So uh, if you are in the area, we would welcome you. And then we're going to take up the challenge of Broken Plow. We're going to have a blood drive on Wednesday the 7th. So if you're in the central Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Mechanicsburg area, you can go to uh, Central Pennsylvania Blood Bank. I want to see an organ drive. Can we have an organ drive? We just bring people um, in and take a liver. Yeah, that's right. Can we do that? Is that? No? Can we do that? I don't know. Well, the broken plot's going to be butchering in October. Maybe we (laughs) have a couple things we can bring. There you go. There you go. (laughs) All right. I just have one thing I want to say. I just got a text from R. Scott Hoover. R. R. Scott. A frequent contributor. Today is National Brothers Day, and I'm glad you are my brothers. Aw. Thank Thank you, you, Scott, for reminding us of that. R. 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 Anyway. <laughs> All right. Great. We love us. A little late. We love us some more. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. All right. All right. Josh. Josh open the gate. Tase the chickens. Uh, wait a minute. Oops. <laughs> Gotta love okay, it. Go he on. has one job. <laughs> he has one job. Hey, special thanks to Effort Lodge 665. You're welcome. For making our studio available all the time again forever to to uh, josh lamberton i didn't hear it lodge killer anyway josh lamberton, Lod- lamberton yeah, killer. Yeah. josh lamberton our producer and director for doing an outstanding job as always jack harley our news director jack you need Slacker. to find you need to find walter something's going on he, he went out in that sailboat and we haven't heard from him since anyway tim deadman our marketing director Michelle Snyder, Douglas Maidenford. It's a pod Amazing. And Austin, Two and a half years. And Austin Schifrin. Wow. The Sonic wow. Both in the same Whoa. night. Whoa. Great listeners. And to all of our listeners who always make doing this show worthwhile, this is Larry Maris. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our website. Have fun. Do good. Mox good.
Bye, everybody. Awesome. Good job. Good job.